Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original in the order of release. This episode, we have Netflix 172nd film from 2019. It's the comedy Between Two Ferns, the movie. Directed by Scott Aukerman, it stars Zach Galifianakis, Lauren Lapkus, Ryan Gould, and Giovanni Linneo. I'm Jesse, and I'm here with MJ. How are you? I'm very good. This is this this episode is going to make me feel a bit old, is maybe the word. I just remember when this film came out, and we were, we were doing the podcast, because prior to this, I was like, oh, I won't watch this Netflix original film because we're going to cover it on the podcast shortly because we're doing them in chronological order. When this one came out, I was like, oh, man, we're not going to do this film for ages, so I'm just going to watch it straight away. And now here we are. We got there. We got 172 episodes in and we're here. Yeah, we, we started in 2018. We're now in 2022. So it's taken, taken its time to um, to get around to it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you. I've, I've seen this one. I watched it uh, right when it came out as well. So... It's good to, to go back sometimes and check out a film that if you have good memories of to um, sort of revisit those good times. Definitely. And this one fits perfectly into that category because it's, uh, yeah, I was certainly, when I've seen a film and you got to watch it again for the pod, I'm kind of like, uh, I've already sat through this. With this one, it was just like, ah, oh, this is this is just 80 minute ball of fun. <laughs> <laughs> good. Well, start us off with your fast flicks where you give us a quick summary of what this one's all about. This is Zach Galifianakis interviews stars in his famously degrading way in the hopes of landing his own late night talk show. Good, yeah. It's uh, about a public broadcasting host who dreams of making it in Hollywood and having his own late night show. Good. Let's let's talk about how this one came together. Give us some background about Between Two Firms, MJ. Yeah, so Between Two Firms... um, it is, uh, I guess, an internet talk show and has been for, for quite a while. I think prior to this movie coming out, it was almost almost around a decade of, of interviews that Zach Galifianakis kind of does in, in a character, but still he is Zach Galifianakis, which, which kind of makes it a little bit interesting. But um, internet talk show where he interviews stars, Funny or Die um, got behind it, as you can tell when you watch the movie. Funny or Die got behind it, brought it in. Uh, got very popular and on May 23, 2019, they announced that they were going to make a film version of Between Two Ferns, which was the name of the, the show, um, for Netflix. So the, the film was directed by Scott Aukerman. And again, Scott Aukerman's been across the project the entire time. Um, he also produced it with Zach Galifianakis and a couple of others, Caitlin Daly and Mike Farrar. On June 17, 2019, they basically got in the rest of the cast. When I say the rest of the cast, I mean the three main characters that actually play a character who's not being interviewed and playing themselves. Um, And apparently, look, this was basically just filmed like a documentary. Obviously, it's a mockumentary, if you haven't seen it. Um, Scott Aukerman cited a couple of mockumentary films like This Is Spinal Tap, which I think he drew a lot of inspiration from in terms of the format. Borat, uh, as well as Popstar, Never Stop, Never Stopping. I love Popstar. I don't know if you've seen Popstar. It's a real funny, cheeky cheeky favourite of mine. Um, Borat, you can see the Borat. You can see a lot of Borat in this film. Obviously, you know, very different humour, but just the way that you've got a guy going around town interviewing people. um, It's There's a lot of, there's a lot you can take out of that. But they basically just had this outline, this vague idea of what was going to happen in every single scene. And then they just set up the camera and, and, and improvise things. I think they had about 20 interviews at the end of it. Not all of them actually made it into the 
to the final movie. Um, Adam Scott being the famous one there. This <laughs> big where Adam Scott introduces himself and you actually never see any interview with Adam Scott. So apparently there was a lot more with that that, that never actually happened. But um, the film itself, the trailer itself actually released September 3, 2019. The film was released a couple of weeks later on September 20, 2019. There has been a few whispers of a sequel coming out. I think they'll have a lot of fun doing it. I think Netflix and Funny or Die would probably be up for it if, if, if Zach and, and Scott and the rest of the team are as well. So, um, yeah, it's a pretty interesting one. When I first heard this was coming out, I was like, how are you going to make a film out of this? But uh, here it is. Very hard to follow that up. Um, you've covered all things pretty well. Um, I sort of add a little bit onto that idea of uh, using Spinal Tap as sort of inspiration, I guess, and the director we spoke about when he was using it for inspiration that he watched a lot of the um, the commentary and, and all the deleted scenes and he said there's hours and hours of footage and he did the same thing with this film and as you mentioned with people like Adam Scott um, I think though uh, as well as the guy from Harold and Kumar was his name oh, um, John Cho John Cho as well as him so the what they did do is they put a lot of these deleted or not used interviews online. And we'll sort of see this a little bit later on when I talk about awards and things, but he, he stated pretty much that they wanted to do two things, which is make a movie that had these brief glimpses of the interviews and then the specific episodes for the internet as well. So it was almost like they were making the movie as well as this extra footage for extra use anyway, at the same time, which is a different sort of way of making um, a film, I guess at times, which is, which makes is perfect sense, though, for, yeah. for this, for this format, when the, the internet, talk show or tv show whatever you want to call it is literally interviews mm. in a weird way this is almost like a documentary like it's it's a mockumentary but in a weird way they're, they're just kind of filming the behind the scenes of how they're actually making this and obviously there's a bit of a script and it's all sort of a bit batshit crazy but um it it, it, it works it makes perfect sense for them to do it that way um, there were several ideas too that Galifianakis had that he ended up using for one of his tv shows called baskets a little bit later on um Tagline. Did you say the tagline for this one? I did not. No. So the tagline for this is there's nowhere he won't go. No, I, I guess that, that I've seen that. It's not, not too bad because it talks about the yeah. travel, obviously, and, and the questions in the interview. So not too bad. Not too bad. Um, there's only one good translation for this across the world. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. only one good, oh, in uh, the United Arab Emirates, it's called Hold Your Nerve. So, oh, um, yeah. yeah. So I guess it's talking about the celebrities holding their, their nerve and not lashing out at him i don't know that's it's that's a bit hard really when this is like a recognized brand to really mess with that title yes correct um so as i mentioned before a few few awards so it won the online film critics society award for the best non-theatrical release it was nominated for the location manager of the year for an independent film and the other one that's the interesting one that ties in a little bit so it actually won an emmy for outstanding short form variety series and that's from the parts that didn't actually appear in the movie. So the parts that appeared online. So um, yeah, it, 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 it's a part of that Emmy, I guess, because um, they filmed that footage for this film anyway. Yeah. So yeah, interesting little story. I had a percentage match for this, did you? Even though I'd already no, watched it. So I, yeah, oh, that's not, I really wanted to watch it again. No, I didn't have one. I got 71%. So um, I don't know what I must have known. I don't know what I did. I didn't, maybe I didn't give it the thumbs up. I didn't give it the thumbs down. They just, didn't remember that I they watched didn't know. it. They're like, he, he watched it. Did he like it? We don't know if he liked it or not. Let's, we got to We got to try this out again. Well, segue into what are the, what's the general public saying? What are the critics in the audience are saying, MJ? The general public on IMDb is sitting at a 6.1 out of 10 from 30,000 ratings. Not bad. You take that. I think 
bit lower on Letterboxd at a 2.8 out of 5, but it's got nearly 48,000 ratings on Letterboxd. So I would be surprised if this if this film was, you know, shooting three and a half or above. It's just it's just not that kind of movie. Even the people who like it aren't going to give it five stars. So I think they'd be happy with that. Good. Uh, this on Rotten Tomatoes this is certified fresh. It's been a while since we've nice. had actual certified fresh. Um, 75% on 60 critic reviews. The audience had it a fair bit lower at 43%. That's on a bit over 250. So um, critics didn't mind this one. That's great. Yeah. All right. Let's lead into our early thoughts. What are your, your thoughts on this one? I mean, I just, I don't actually understand what people like would can this movie. Like this, it's exactly what you expect it to be. This is 80 minutes of Zach Galifianakis humor combined with these really high level celebrities who are genuinely being good sports in it all. Like, I don't know what's not to like, and I don't know how you can go into this movie and not expect that because it delivers on exactly what you expect. I, I'm personally, I'm a big Zach Galifianakis fan. I, I, that brand of humor just, it just works for me. I think, it's probably four or five movies that I've seen purely just because he's in it. And I, I just, I want to see that humor. I think I love the campaign. I think it's such a funny film. His character in that is absolutely fantastic, but even things like due date and dinner for schmucks and keeping up with the Joneses, all these movies I saw just because he's in them. Um, I just think he's funny. And, and whilst, you know, I didn't really know that we needed a between two ferns movie. I was very happy to receive it. Yeah. Like, like we've said already, I'd, I'd seen it too. And, I, um, I have a bit of a habit that I tried to start a few years ago where if I watch something on Letterboxd, I'll watch something and then on Letterboxd, I'll just write like a line or something just to refresh my mind about what the film was about. So I went back on Letterboxd just to, to check what I'd put on there. So going way back to the 24th of September, 2019. So it's like four days after it came out. Um, my, my comments were, the interviews are really good. The side story is quite nice too. And I think my thoughts haven't really changed. <laughs> yeah. I so, did read that. I must admit I read that this week. <laughs> so that's a positive my my thoughts haven't changed so um let's let's lead into the characters i it's a bit hard to talk too much about it's characters hard. in this but go for it yeah i like this is this whole zach character um because he's it's kind of weird when because he's playing himself but he's playing a character of himself so it's a bit meta in that sense and and all the interviewees know him but the appearance that the, the mockumentary gives you is that they know him from Between Two Firms, not that Between Two Firms, sorry, not the fact that he is the star of like the highest grossing R-rated comedy of all time and, and obviously a big name in the comedy world. Like that, that's not the Zach Galifianakis that's in the movie. It's kind of more just like, oh, it's it's Between Two Firms. I'd love to be on this show, which is interesting. So I guess you got to think of Zach as like a different character. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's got like this, this childlike intellect He's, he's a diva. Um, it's probably not the most obvious way to describe him, but he is a massive diva. He kind of uh, spends this film or his arc in this film is, is having him grow up and, and realising the value of friendship and, and understanding, you know, what it, what it takes to be, to be true to yourself and that you might have this physical dream of doing something, but maybe that's not exactly what you wanted to do. So that's kind of Zach in a nutshell. Yeah, he sort of has that underdog sort of character trait as well, I guess, where even though, um, you know, he dreams of being a big personality at, at times he's got a really hard personality to get along with as well. So <laughs> and it's a tricky line to play because at times, like there could be people that would completely hate this character because of the way he is, but they do a good job of, of getting you on board and believing this underdog sort of story because of, I guess that um, he doesn't have that ability to uphold celebrities, even though his dream is that he wants to be one and have this late night <laughs> talk show. So it, it 
it's a fine line. Like this, this sort of character could be complete rubbish and people could absolutely hate it, but they have a way of Zach Gallen at Fanakis in particular has a really good way of still having a lot of heart in a lot of those side, side scenes as well, I guess. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. All right. Is there anyone else you want to talk about? I think maybe Carol is someone that you could take a little bit out of. Um, yep. I, you feel like she kind of gets it. Like she loves this gig. She's really good at it. And the only thing I could think is that she could probably be doing anything, but she doesn't believe she's good enough to be doing anything. And she's just so damn loyal. Um, and like, this just doesn't work without a character like that. Um, and that's just not much more else to say, but she's great. <laughs> and like Zach, Zach's character couldn't function without her either. So, and I think it's really good that she sort of brings the, the nice moments in that film too, in that loyalness that she, loyalty that she shows and never losing faith in him. Um, but I've do got to say, she's a horrible trumpet player. So sometimes don't follow your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's funny how you say about Zach's character being real hit or miss. You can either hate him or love him. It's what I kind of liked about the other two side characters and all I can really say, and I didn't really know that her name was Boom Boom. Was that her name? Was it? Yeah, completely missed that. Yeah, Boom Boom and Cam. It was like a quick little (laughs) shot with the the name on the thing. But Boom Boom, when she first came on, it was nice to have someone that likes Zach because there is this endearing nature to him. But on the flip side, when Cam came on, it was kind of nice to see someone who thought Zach was this obnoxious prick because he is as well. So it it was good to, you could lean on both of them and go, okay, he gets it and she kind of gets it too. So this, this guy isn't, we're not living in this universe where everything is kind of backwards. And even with Will Ferrell, like he's meant to be the villain or the the head honcho, the sleazy sort of guy. Like you know the types of roles he's played, so you don't necessarily hate the character anyway. Um, but I, I thought it was you know that sort of highlights the industry a little bit with him chasing that cash and the the mention of drug problems too. So it is a little bit of a commentary on celebrityism as well um, throughout, which we'll probably touch on later. It is a massive commentary on that. And I think every single person who jumps in and gets interviewed is is fueling that fire. Hmm. Hmm. Good. All right. Um, director Scott Orkerman, anything that you found about him? Ah, uh, look, he's obviously got a little bit of a, a background in, in comedy and writing and directing, a lot of TV sort of stuff. But I think the main thing is he's, he's done all the Between Two Ferns shows and he's been on this journey the whole time. But, you know, he's got his fingers in a lot of pies, it seems. Yeah, I thought like it was sort of interesting to see that, yeah, while like this is his first feature, done a lot of writing for a lot of those award shows like the Emmys and the Oscars and the Golden mm. Globes and and quite a bit of acting when he was a bit younger too. He was I saw he was the young Nigel and Gold member um from Austin Powers, <laughs> like which I was like, oh that's quite funny. Um so yeah, anyway, it looks like he's sort of done the done the hard road to to get to where he wants to be. Yeah, he's just a big comedy man, it seems. He's mm. he's all in on the comedy route. Good. All right, let, let's attack some scenes. And I don't know how, how we want to do this because obviously you've got the interviews and then you've got the, the little scenes in between. I, I've sort of just mashed them all together, I guess. I think you. I, I haven't done a great job. I, I sort of picked out a few moments that made me laugh because this film itself isn't, doesn't have these big scenes that, that tie everything together. This film is about like the laughs that you get pretty consistently throughout the film. And I, I think I've picked out four moments that probably made me laugh more than anything else. And you're going to talk about things that are going to make me laugh still. So it, it's going to work out well, but <laughs> well, let's hope um, you haven't got the four that I've, that I've got. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, these are all moments like they're, they're lines or just little moments. And then the first thing that really got me laughing and not to mention, I laughed the whole film, but these things got me to a next level is when Zach just pulled out a lint roller on his pockets and on his shoes. <laughs> I think that that just highlights this character's an idiot. He's such an idiot. 
<laughs> he puts a lint roller on your pockets. I thought the pocket was almost funnier than the shoes because the shoes are too far. But it's like, geez, I got a little lint in my pockets. Um, open one so far. <laughs> <laughs> good, I'm glad. You mentioned John Cho, how he was in it, but he wasn't, his interview wasn't in it. He was honestly in this film for maybe four seconds and his line was almost the best line of the entire film it's just like he's shooting at the background he's walking talking to boom boom i think and he just says do you like swimming i got a lot of bathing suits in the car and that's it and then it cut <laughs> just i talk about these celebrities being good sports what a what a great line what a sleazy gross line and he just sells it as if like this is my thing this is i go up to girls and i ask them if they want some bathing suits in my car. so good um the other one is when uh, Zach, Zach was nervous. I think it was for the John Legend interview and they're like, you know, what's wrong, mate? You're all right. And he's just like, oh, no, I've, I've, got, the, I've got the pre-show shitters instead of the pre-show jitters. And Galifianakis just does his stuff so well. The pre-show shitters. And doesn't, like, pick up on it and change it. <laughs> um, and probably the last thing that I really laughed at was I think it was Tiffany Haddish, maybe Tiffany Haddish, where um, was it Tessa Thompson? Either way, one of them found out that she was a foster child. And he's like, oh, that's great. Can you just go to Foster beer, the best beer for foster kids. <laughs> I think it was Aquafina. <laughs> Aquafina, I, wasn't sorry. I couldn't remember what it was. I've, I got, just, I've got that in my scenes I didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> because there's a line there's a line i don't think he quite crosses it with that i, I think it's all right i think it's so funny <laughs> but yeah that that were the things that really got me laughing good i um a few of mine i've just taken like the direct lines of of the questions i guess because most of them are the questions that, yeah, that make me yeah. laugh so let's start off with matthew mcconaughey like just the impersonation where zach galanoffers goes all right all right all right and like it's like you know that's matthew mcconaughey and then like he's like box office returns for your last three movies and i just like <laughs> that was hilarious and then and then like continue on with like you know is it you you or christian bale gonna starve yourself to death first and thought you might die from eight days <laughs> and then even the, the flooding like that still was funny yeah. um, <laughs> floating around in the, <laughs> the studio um keanu keanu reeves the the question was um you have a scar from a motorcycle accident and he goes i have a scar too i walked out of the lake house and bumped into the seat in front of me <laughs> i I remember I went on a date to see that movie back when it came out and just the lake house. So there's one of our close friends. Um, there was one time he was at my house and he organized a date. So me and my dad dropped him off at this date to see the lake house. And then we went and picked him up afterwards. It was uh, anyway, the lake house. Good movie. Um, that is so weird. Chance. Chance the rapper. Just your friends with Kanye. That's the joke. Like, just so good. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, when I when he says, when you, "Do you think if your parents didn't name you Chance the Rapper, you probably would have done something else different?" <laughs> uh, um, Brie Larson, <laughs> you won Best Actress. Have you ever thought of trying to go something higher and win Best Actor? <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> uh, and then, like, just asking her, "When did you get your first period?" <laughs> just I was like, "Oh my god!" Like they are such good sports. But, these celebrities. What's the setup? What's the setup for that question? How he's like, you know, you mentioned that you don't uh, like you, you don't like talking about embarrassing things or something. Like. <laughs> no, you like personal things. Personal things. And the second part of the question is, when did you get your first <laughs> Um, David Letterman just like calling him Santa with an eating disorder, and you love fast cars. In what other ways is your penis small? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it was great. It was so good. Um, this what these ones. So um, Carol saying like sitting there and going, oh, Jake Gyllenhaal had to cancel because he spelled his name wrong on the ticket. Like the <laughs> amount of times I've had to spell Jake Gyllenhaal's name like on the whiteboard at school, uh, it's hilarious. Like it just made me laugh so much because I know you have got to put so many A's in there. It's just uh, yeah. it was so good. Um, <laughs> that was good. Haley Steinfeld, um, you're in pitch perfect two and three. Have you, did you ever wish you're in the good one? That's <laughs> such a great question. It is. It's so true as well. Um, <laughs> Benedict Cumberpatch during that interview it wasn't necessarily to Benedict Cumberpatch, but Zach Galifianakis did the thing like he was pretending he was Van Gogh answering the phone, and it's just like the phone <laughs> on one ear and then the phone on the other ear. It's just uh, it was so funny. Um, I thought it was Cumberpatch was really good. That interview yeah, he, in, in general was. was really good. Uh, Tessa Thompson when he's like you're in Creed and obviously we're talking about Creed the movie and then he like asks <laughs> about the band <laughs> uh, it's great he's like, he's like, it's your lead singer <laughs> um, I thought the fishing on the lake scene was actually quite a nice moment for between um, Zach and Carol that was that was nice um, yep. and the last one Peter Dinklage um, you're an X-Men you know who my favourite X-Men is Caitlyn Jenner <laughs> <laughs> and then he like that, that's the level of like have I crossed the line and he's the line, like yeah. oh no I, I, I really thought she was in the <laughs> just like just such good one liners so uh, yeah that's yeah. me done with the, the things I they're all the things that made me laugh so it was excellent is, is there anything so here apparently, that <laughs> apparently what they do is they have like the morning of an interview they have like 10 pages of jokes questions jokes and it's done with Scott Aukerman Zach Alphanakis and another one of the producers. They write all these jokes. They go through them all. They cut it down to about three pages of the ones that are really good. But then Zach just goes off and improvs a lot of it as well. And there's points within the interview where Scott has to like prod Zach and be like, look, what you're doing is great. But like there's some really good jokes on there that you've missed. <laughs> so you got to make sure we get them out as well. But like, it's, it just seems like so much fun. All right. Is there anything you didn't like in this? The only thing I didn't like was the Will Ferrell stuff. I, I thought this is this sounds silly because it's a silly film, but he was a bit too much. I think he just took it too far. Clearly, everything was improv, and that's great. And I love it, but I think he just didn't quite. It didn't quite land with me, and I thought it was just a bit too silly. It was. It was like the him that character in the Lego Movie. Have you seen the Lego Movie? It, it, it was, was literally, it was literally yeah. the same character, um, which is fine in a kids' film when you you've got this villain that you don't want to be too villainous because you want to keep it PG, but yeah, it just didn't really work. He couldn't think of any other insult apart from fat and idiot. And he just kept calling him fat. And like Zach Galifianakis, he's, he's a bit fat, but like it's not like his defining trait. Like he's not like massive. He's just got to, he's just a bit cuddly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the one scene in particular with Will Ferrell that really just didn't land for me was when he was like knighting him or christening him, him with the sword. Like I was like, it just wasn't yeah. funny. Nah. And clearly, again, all improv. Like yeah. that was. Absolutely not in the script. And they just went with them like, oh, shit, well, that's all we've got. So yeah. let's go into the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Chrissy Teigen and John Legend stuff, neither of us had them in our laugh out loud moments. So for me, I just didn't, they weren't great. I don't know. I mm. didn't really like it. wasn't it? Yeah. It was, it was a little bit weird. Um, especially like the recording. Like I know was like Zach asked them to make sure they record every moment, but it just the last or the, the parts that were meant to find funny just didn't really land in those for me. Interestingly, that was probably one thing that was, that was in the script. It's probably like, mm. there's, there's probably like key plot points that they've put in and that would have been one. Um, 
Yeah, I, and I thought that was going to be a greater repercussion or a funnier repercussion than him just getting, you know, Mace, sprayed yeah. down his pants and things like that. Like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Themes, ideas, what's what's the message of this movie? Yeah, I mean, look, the obvious ones are the the idea of staying true to who you are. And it's nice that there is the theme of this film um, as opposed to just being a bunch of gags. This, this whole film is about, obviously, the French ships and the importance of them and, and discovering that they are they do exist when you didn't think you had them but yeah as i said staying true to who you are and, and not forgetting where you came from and i think that whole big idea that this is what he wanted to do and then when he got there he realized that well he couldn't actually be himself and do it so he didn't want to do it and that's that's really important to discover but then like you touched on this there's so much of a commentary on the idea of of celebrity and you know these interviews that get that get that take place so, so the celebrities are really good sports too because again they're not they, these aren't scripted interviews their their reactions aren't scripted it's it's they're playing a character as well they're playing themselves but they're playing a character of themselves because they were sitting there with Zach Galvanakis and he was John Ham's John Ham's kind of the only one that like had a bit of fun with it and, and that's good as well it's good to see a different part of it like Matthew McConaughey got pissed off like he got so pissed off and it's it's fun seeing all that because. It just shows you, like, it's just not real. The, the interviews that you see so often, just, they just aren't real. The celebrities that we see just aren't real. And I'm, I'm not saying these are the, the real celebrities either, but it's it's a nice insight on that and, and why we do things a certain way when he's asking questions that we find funny, but they're funny because they're true. Like the Pitch Perfect question. I would love someone to ask her that. Like, hey, what did you think? Hayley, what did you think of the first Pitch Perfect? Because it's probably better than the other two. <laughs> it's, yeah, I guess that's why it works. I don't know. I, I think you, you've hit the nail on the head there. It's it's that idea too that, you know, you often hear about celebrities that only do an interview if they they get the questions in advance so they can rehearse it and prepare it. And it is nice to see like, you know, that, that comparison. Yeah, well, you see it at the end in that talk show that he finally does get, like the ridiculousness of it or the over the top, yeah. you know, the DJ, the fake applause, the laughter. And, you know, I'm sure we've all been in studio audiences at certain stages and, and what you do as a member of the audience for not even being a celebrity, it's all so prepared and so planned. Um, and it's a bit like the culture too of, of the lifestyles of some of these, these characters and, you know, Peter Dinklage in that big ranch or whatever it was and the golden eggs and things like this, like, you know, you'd like to think that it, that's not what he's like in real life, but that, that that's definitely what some celebrities are like. And I'm sure Zach Galifianakis could talk about a hundred different people he's met that are exactly mm-hmm. like that. So um, yeah. And you, you've touched on these already, but that idea of loyalty to yourself, to your friends, to others and, and following your dreams, knowing who you are, these guys were misfits. Um, they're the crazy ones. That's okay. Don't give up on that. Stick to who you are. And we see that in him walking away from, the, the, the dream that he's had for all his life at the end and be like, no, I'm good at what I do. I'm going to stick with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny. The other point about celebrity talk shows and interviews is that celebrities don't do interviews unless they have something to plug. Like, <laughs> like there's always a reason. Like if you watch the, the Tonight Show or any late night talk show, the celebrities on there, it's like, oh, by the way, and he's got a movie coming out next week. Uh, talk about the movie a little bit. Like that's the only reason they're on there. They don't want to talk about them. Like, why would they? They want to be as private as they possibly can be. So it's all it's all enough. Well, what did you take away from this film? I think this film becomes it becomes very rewatchable because I forget the actual details and the jokes pretty quickly after I've watched it, which means every couple of years I can put it on 
and I can have these renewed laughs because I know I find it funny without it being, you know, this really obvious gag. And I think that's greatly helped by the fact that it's got an 80 minute runtime. I, I, I watched this while my, uh, while my infant daughter was napping because she had a 90 minute nap time and I could watch a movie in that time. Like how insane is that? But that's why this movie works as well. Apparently the first cut was three hours long because they had so many interviews and things like that. And I'm not going to watch a three hour mockumentary of this. <laughs> so it, yeah, it's important to consider that runtime. Yeah, a good point. I And I sort of mentioned this before. I, I can completely understand why someone might not like this film. I think like you have to be in on the humour and if you don't find these types of jokes or situations funny, then you're going to sit there and go, this is the biggest load of garbage I've ever seen in my life. So you need to know what type of humour you like to enjoy this. True. But you should know that going into it. Yes. Yeah, you don't. Well, yeah, I, you'd hope so. But who knows? People going through Netflix might just be like, oh, Zach Galifianakis. Haven't heard of that guy. Check it out. And they yeah. might be like, yeah, oh, true. what is this? So, yeah. True. Did you go onto IMDb to check anyone out? No, I didn't actually. I, um, the band in the bar, there was like a bar scene where they were sort of having a nice moment together. And there's this, this chick singing. And I was like, the oh, yeah, voice yeah, sounds yeah. so familiar. And I looked him up. Um, her name's Phoebe Bridges. And the guy was called Matt Berenger. And there, it's like a new, there were two people from two separate bands. Um, and the idea was that um, the the song that they actually wrote that song that they sang for this movie called Walking on a String. Um, never heard Wonderful. of either of them, but yeah, I just thought it was, um, I, I, this, her voice just sounded so familiar, but no, didn't know. But it was yeah. quite a folky song, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah so yeah. an original song for this film. There you go. Who would have thought? They've, they've pulled together two people from a band to write an original yeah. song yeah. The Between Two Ferns movie. That's crazy. <laughs> Any questions that you want to ask? Um, yeah, had you watched the Between Two Firms internet show or the interviews that he'd had online prior to watching the movie? Actually? Yeah, I, I hadn't like religiously watched all of them or anything like that, but I've, I've seen heaps of them. Um, yeah. I don't think they haven't done one for a few years now. No, I don't think they had either. But obviously, uh, I haven't seen any of the full interviews from this movie. I, haven't, I don't even know where I'd mm. find them. I should look because they would be good. Well, I'm pretty, they're, like, they're all on that Funny or Die uh, YouTube channel. Okay, I'll have a look. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, one question. Um, do you know what happened to the Jewish guy when he walked into a wall with a full erection? <laughs> was this in the bloopers or the actual? Oh, yeah, it was within the bloopers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so he broke his nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Paul Rudd um, told that joke. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was it. Paul, Paul Rudd didn't. He didn't want to like get annoyed at Zach. Like it wasn't. It just didn't feel natural to, to get annoyed at Zach. And you could see in the bloopers, God, they were having so much fun. Yeah, it looked like a blast. Uh, we're almost ready to finish this. Then I think um, we'll give our rating out of five and see if we've got a, a similar average. I mean, like, there's just not much more to say. I knew this was never going to be a particularly long podcast episode. I think we've covered it well, but. If you, if you like the Zach Galifianakis brand of humour, then just sit back and have a laugh. It, it also shouldn't be undersold how enjoyable it is watching these celebrities get pissed off and play it up because they're just such good sports. Like these questions, these questions are so good. Like they're just so derogatory sometimes. And like even Matthew McConaughey, all right, all right, all right. Like it's just like he knows, he knows his last few films probably happening. For me, I just, I like it. It's three and a half stars coming. Yeah. I- I think like recently in particular, I found it really hard to find a comedy that gives so many laughs and, and this one 
gave a heap, which was really, really good to see. Um, and like I mentioned at the start too, the the nice little story of the 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 journey that the team, the four of them take together throughout, like, and we didn't really touch on that a lot in our favorite scenes or anything like that, but it was all pretty well or nicely done as well. And yeah, hits the mark for me too, three and a half too. So three and a half is a very good score. Good average. You struggled with the average last week, so this is good. <laughs> didn't have to do any maths. That's what I like. Um, <laughs> Social media, we've got Twitter, we've got Facebook, and we have Instagram. And this sort of harps on a little bit to what you mentioned before. What's the best um, Between Two Ferns interview that you've seen? Um, if not necessarily from the movie, but what's a, a good one that you've seen? Um, there's from the, one of the ones that I enjoyed, there was, a, it might have been four or five years ago, the Academy Awards. He did this one where he like sat there and they just walked in people that were nominated for awards. Ah. So there's like six, seven people in like three minutes that just walked through. Um, that, that, that were good, those ones. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he did an Obama one. Uh, yeah. Um, and he actually got that, invited to the White House to do that. So they did it in the <laughs> White House. Yeah. And like that's from, amazing. from memory, the, the the end of it, the the curtain like that he's got behind it goes up and they're actually like sitting in like one of the rooms in the White House. Um, that is Obama, so Obama was a good sport in that too. <laughs> oh, he's a good sport in general. And that was when he was still president. Yeah, because he was, he was uh, pumping up his healthcare. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> um, That's right. Yeah, there was one yeah. bit I'm like, ah, this is a, probably the main reason yeah. that you're doing this. And uh, there's a good Bieber one too, I think, from right, memory. Okay. Yeah, uh, worth checking yeah, I'm out. Go, go, back back to him. <laughs> go back and look at him. Um, I want to see the Adam Scott one and the, uh, the John Joe one too. John Joe one, yeah, definitely. <laughs> We're back again next week. We're, the, the genre for next week is a little bit different. It's a sci-fi thriller from okay. 2019 and i remember when this came out sorry this is one of those ones that i probably sat on and didn't watch it's called in the shadow of the moon it's directed by jim mickle stars boyd holbrook cleopatra coleman and one of my favorites michael c hall so oh yeah getting... who names their daughter cleopatra <laughs> it's a very good question i think there's a ream there's a cleopatra movie coming out soon um another one I wonder if she's playing it it'd be handy just don't have to type, <laughs> just copy and paste copy and paste <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, yeah, so that'll be good. Michael C. Hall. Yes, I'm on board. Cool. Yeah, well, it's uh, a change of pace, but uh, I like a change of pace. That's why we do this. Good. All right. Well, uh, as usual, it's been, a, been a, a good chat, and it's always nice to have some scenes that make us laugh. Yeah, it's so good to talk back on them. I'm just laughing thinking about them. Yeah, good. All right, and I will see you next week. See you then. <laughs>